1: It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning. We're broadcasting live this morning from the North Atlanta Home Show, a floor full of vendors here to help you be more successful with your home, with your interior, as well as your exterior. And I am here to help you be more successful with your garden. I'm Walter Reeves. I'm the Georgia Gardener. And I'm here to answer questions for the next hour on the phone, 404-872-4000. 0750. An example to some of the vendors here today. The AquaGuard Foundation folks, the concrete resurfacing people, uh Night AC and Air conditioning Costco is here. No limit LLC. My buddies from from Cutco. I have a whole collection of Cutco knives around the corner at my house. And so we like Cutco. I bought them at a home show. Maybe years ago And have never regretted a minute of it The Vitamix people I don't think are here today But they'll be at the big spring home show And Vitamix is another thing I bought at a show and thought Man, this is a good thing to have If you get here to the North Atlanta home show At the Infinite Energy Center Between now and 9 o'clock We'll let you in for free If you know the code word, reliable And you get into the whole home show itself for free When the doors open at 10 o'clock Let's give away the weekend prize pack Ashley Frasca, back in the studio is thinking of a number between two and seven that will determine who wins a family four-pack of tickets to the Log and Timber. Ooh, nice. Log and Timber Home Show, March the 4th and the 5th. And a family four-pack of tickets to an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game, both at the Infinite Energy Center and Arena, which is where we are this morning. Ashley Frasca, who is going to win this valuable prize pack? Caller number six. Caller number six. Work on it, my friends. 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Caller number six gets these tickets to see some important upcoming events. Eric is in Marietta Georgia, and Eric is going to join us as soon as I can get my mouse to go over here to this little thing that makes it click. And there it goes, and there he is. and there's Eric. Boom. Eric, join us on the Lawn and Garden Show. Hey, man, good morning.
0: Morning, Walter. How are you?
1: I'm fine, Eric. How can I help?
0: Well, my wife and I are first-time homeowners, which means we are now first-time lawn owners. Yeah. And I had, I guess, two quick questions. First, they laid the Bermuda sod down in November. We've been in the home for two months. And I have the only green yard in the neighborhood and Ah. weeds and everything else that you can think of. So my first question is, I, I guess, should I be upset with the builders that I've got weeds all over the place?
1: Not really. It's possible, too, that the Bermuda was overseeded before it was planted with some ryegrass, which would be green in the wintertime. So, is it sort of a solid looking green grass that you're seeing there?
0: It, it's kind of a sporadic looking green grass, kind of all over, but there's so much of it that it looks, just looks green.
1: Uh huh. Um, yeah, yeah there's something you could do right now. Is it a large area, Eric, or a little small area? How, how big? I would say it's about half the front yard. Meaning 1,000 square feet or 10,000 square feet or 100,000 square
0: square feet.
1: That's not terribly big for doing what I'm about to describe. Here's what you can do. Get a rake. Y'all bought a rake, right? You have a rake. Yes. All right, get a rake. And use some string or wire or twine or something to wrap an old T-shirt or ragged towel or something like that around the rake and spray that rake with non-selective weed killer. Roundup is one brand name. There are others that have the same chemical in there. But spray on that towel with the non-selective weed killer and just take it and push it and sort of wipe it across all these green weeds in your Bermuda lawn. The reason that you want to do that is Bermuda rarely is dormant enough to spray it with Roundup to spray Spraying with Bermuda with Roundup in the wintertime many times Leads to all these big dead spots where the Bermuda was not dormant And the spray killed it So if you wipe the stuff over the top and just hitting the green weeds You're not going to hit the Bermuda It's all brown anyway um, So you, you're not going to hit the, the Bermuda at all And the weeds will die in a week That's one way of doing it It would work just fine
0: And then my follow-up question Is there, is there almost a Bermuda guide for dummies On how I should handle it throughout the entire year?
1: <laughs> yes, there is. You're talking to him. You're talking to the guy <laughs> who wrote it. Uh, if you will go to my com website and type the word calendars, C-A-L-E-N-D-A-R-S, plural, the first one or two hits that will come back to you is Lawn Calendars for Georgia. And if you click on that, then it goes you to Bermuda, uh, Fescue, Centipedes, and obviously in the whole lineup, and you choose the one you got and print that calendar out and Hang it on your garage wall like Ashley Frasca does to refer to it throughout the year.
0: Thank you so much for your help, Walter.
1: Nothing to it, Eric. And anytime you want to call, call again. New homeowners are my specialty. (laughs) Thank you. All right, man, we'll see you soon. Talked to a guy here at the home show yesterday. I spoke to the folks from the Reliable Heating and Air stage yesterday and had a guy from Illinois who came in and said, I've only been here for a little while, and I need all this help and identification of plants, and what do I do and what do I do there? And we had a nice conversation, and I, again, repeat, if you're a beginning gardener, if you're a new homeowner, either moved into Georgia or just bought your first house, this is a place you can get straight-from-the-heart answers that will help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do. we got uh, Alan in Flowery Branch, Georgia, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Alan, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. What's up?
0: Well, uh, I was wondering if we could plant kikuyu grass in Georgia. I know there are several states that do not allow you to plant
1: that. Yeah. We do not have any laws against it. Why do you want to plant it?
0: Well, I I, I was watching a golf tournament over the weekend, and they say the kikuyu grass just grows in so thick and so dense, and it just covers everything. But
1: it still looks like a lawn. Yeah. In my experience, you're not going to like it. It may grow in thick and under good, strong management at a golf course at a place where you have a professional looking over it mowing it very very frequently it's not a one time a week mowing kind of grass it's like uh paspalum both of them have to be mowed at least once um, once every other day is about right so if you like mowing kikuyu grass sure go for it if you don't like mowing if you don't like looking out for a leaf spot if you're a little bit worried about um, getting thin in places where it gets much shade on it then it's not the grass for you Okay. I mean, I I know that they use it on golf courses. They use past they use kikuyu grass, and a couple of other bent grass, of course, on the putting greens. But all of three of those grasses are very specialized in their maintenance and how you keep them looking good. If you pay somebody, if you've got the money out <laughs> to pay for somebody uh, to take care of it, yeah, go for it. Yeah, but no, I, I, wouldn't it okay. a, I wouldn't do it as a I wouldn't do it as a normal homeowner. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks. You bet. Thanks for calling. Thanks for getting getting it off my chest to talk about kikuyu grass, some of the special grasses. Some good, some not what you want to do. Gary is up in Gainesville in Hall County and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Gary, good morning.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if there's anything I can do to my sore right now to prepare it for tomatoes because I've heard of ash and, and coffee grounds and, and yeah. eggshells.
1: Ash is not a particularly good or bad thing to add coffee grounds and eggshells and things like that neither good nor bad either way uh, what they add I mean what the ashes would add is a little bit of potassium the eggshells add some calcium the coffee grounds a little bit of organic matter to the soil they're uh, not anything close to being a miracle addition to the soil they'll simply... You know, It's like soil conditioner or lime or things you buy from the garden center. They will they will make the soil better, too. The biggest thing, honestly, you can do, uh, Gary, is uh-huh. to make sure your soil is well-drained. Make sure you don't have a place where the water sits during the summer where the tomatoes are growing. Make sure it's not staying real dry where the tomatoes are growing. Either one can lead to big problems with uh, blossom end rot. And so full sun, soft, sort of a sandy soil. This is a good, great time, Gary, to get out and just sort of... Till it up a little bit. If it seems to be mostly clay, add some sand or something that opens it up real gritty sand. Not play sand, but real gritty sand. Do that, and the tomatoes will be really, really happy.
0: Yeah, I was going to till it up today just to get
1: it going. Yeah, but again, um, if you want to go out and sort of take a lump of it and mash it together and look at it and see how much clay is in there, if it really holds tightly together and you could let it dry out and make ammunition for kids to throw with each other like I used to do when I was a kid. If you can make mud clods out of it, it's not good for tomatoes. If you can make it in such a way with more sand and um, um, organic matter added that it falls apart when you mash it together, that's really good tomato growing ground. All right. Thank you. All right. Good luck with it, my friend. I appreciate it. Everybody wants to grow tomatoes. and You can grow tomatoes successfully in containers you can grow tomatoes successfully in the ground you can grow them in window boxes there are very lots of varieties now of tomatoes some of which have been specifically bred to grow in small spaces and if you go to a garden center go to pike look for ones that say patio somewhere in the name patio tomato, small stature tomato um, uh, shrub tomatoes, something like that. They're the ones that grow best in containers if that's one of the things you want to do. I know a lot of people have a condo or a deck or a patio, or it's the only place in the whole landscape that gets a, a lot of sun. And so, if you want to plant these tomatoes in a container, look for ones that do not say grows 10 feet long <laughs> or anything like that. That's way too big for a container. Get the smaller ones, and you'll be happy and you'll have some nice tomatoes to eat during the summertime. It's 817 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather,
0: and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to
1: Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a gorgeous day this afternoon. It's going to be in the 60s, 50s overnight. Rain moving in tomorrow evening, maybe some rain on Monday. So this is the weekend to get it done. If you have things that need to be planted, if you have things that need to be weeded or mulched or generally made pretty, do it this weekend. If you have a question about what you ought to be doing, then call me, 404-872-0750. Our friend Mary is on the line, and she is... Sadly, not- oh, there she is right there. Oh, Mary, I got you. All right, Mary, join us on Lawn and Garden.
0: Hi, Walter.
1: Hey, Mary, sorry about all the cutoffs there. It was my fault most of the time, and I'm sorry about that.
0: Well, I'm driving down the road. I'm in Willard right now.
2: Um, <laughs> I
0: have a blueberry bush that I've had yeah. for 15 or 20 years, and all of a sudden we have a crepe myrtle that's decided that it wants to grow in the same spot. Yeah. I want to know how I can separate them and not hurt the blueberry bush. I'm
1: trying Hello? to think which would does it matter which one you move or does either one shot. Well, I has want to, to move the
0: crepe myrtle because I figured the blueberry bush is so old and it's yeah. been in that spot for so long. Okay. It would take an act of Congress to move it.
1: Is the crepe myrtle attached to another mother plant somewhere within the ten ten or twenty feet away?
0: Uh, it's down on the fence line, so it may be.
1: All right. Do a little excavation. There's nothing wrong with getting with a trowel or a little shovel and going in and under the crepe myrtle and just seeing what it's attached to, if anything. It may not be. It may be okay. it came up from a seed and it's totally independent of anything. Great. No problem there. But I think you're right. The butterfly, that the uh, blueberry bush would be the one to leave alone and the crepe myrtle would be the one to dig up. How uh-huh. tall is a crepe myrtle, did you say, Mary?
0: Yeah, it's a crepe myrtle. It's uh, kind of one of the, I think it's called a Navajo. It's the red one.
1: How tall is it?
0: It's only about three foot tall. It's, oh, you know, easy. Well,
1: this is going to be easy. And to be real frank, you could almost bare root it. In other words, you just loosen the ground around it and tug, get somebody to tug on it while you loosen the ground some more, maybe take a clipper and clip a couple of roots. Up it comes out of the ground from amongst the roots of the blueberry. And then move it quickly to another sunny place and plant it, and you're home free.
0: Okay. Well, I just didn't want it. Like I said, I didn't want to kill the blueberry, and I kind of wanted to keep the crepe myrtle-free plants are great.
1: I think you'll be fine.
0: Okay. Thank you so much.
1: Drive safely, Mary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Coming up in the next half hour, uh, Moe in Snellville wants to know about how to control moss in his dwarf Mondo grass. Carol in Grayson has an amaryllis wants to keep it alive. That's good. Chris in Milton has a liguster that needs pruning severely, needs some advice on that. And Kelly in Nalonica says his muscadines are needing pruning, needs some details about how to prune muscadines. And my friends, I want to thank you because I have passed the 1,000 mark in Twitter. I'm at 1,001. Today. Now this is remarkable because on Tuesday when I spoke to the Piedmont uh, uh, Garden Club group over here in Vinings, I was at 964 that day and already in just two or three or four days we've gotten to 1,001 on Twitter. Our stretch goal, 1,500. We're going to go for 1,500 on Twitter. If you have a Twitter account, at Walter Reeves, follow me and I'll send you some good gardening information during the week. We'll be back after news. It's 8.36 on a Saturday morning. Welcome, my friends. We're broadcasting the Lawn and Garden Show live from the North Atlanta Home Show at Infinite Energy Center. If you're driving around and you want to come to the Home Show for free... Get here between now and nine o'clock, and just say the code word "reliable" at the door, and you get in to see the show. When the door is open at ten o'clock, lots of vendors here. The kitchen and bath studio around the corner. Reliable heating and air, of course. The stage where we're broadcasting from today. Um, on the other edge over here is Unlimited Lawn Care. If you want to talk to rod the owner of Unlimited Lawn Care, he'd be happy to talk to you about your landscape needs. Down from that, you got the rocker bed, rocking bed guy. The Rocky Bed guy is intriguing because he not only has a bed that he invented that rocks you very gently back and forth, but he also has an app that you can get wood chips. Yeah, come down and talk to him. Wood chips for free. You just enter your zip code and say, I want some wood chips, and he'll link you up with uh, tree companies who want to uh, get rid of their chips before going to the landfill. So think about that as well. Our number is 404-872-0750. Broadcasting, or I should say, reporting live this morning from the Georgia Native Plant Society symposium. Our friend Mickey Gazaway. Hey, Mickey. Hey, how are you? I am fabulous, fine. So, what's going on at the Native Plant Symposium today?
2: Well, this is it, it's a Native Plant Symposium. Yeah. But I'm I'm just here. Um. Took a holiday from pikes today. I'm going back in this afternoon, but uh, um, anyway, it's fun.
1: Well, good. And then you know, native plants are a big deal these days because natives have so much better adaptability, oh, yeah. and most yeah, importantly, they, they attract okay. they attract pollinators so nicely.
2: Absolutely. So you can get your blueberries pollinated.
1: That's, that's exactly right. That's and a segue and would, into <laughs> Would somebody have blueberries for sale today? Twenty percent off yeah. at all the other locations.
2: Yes, they do. Pike Nursery, we do there, uh, um, and there's we've got so many pretty varieties, beautiful. Yes. We've got the um, the rabbit eyes, all the different rabbit eyes, and we've got um, um, the southern highbush, okay. and uh, and yeah, I, blueberries and my blueberries and figs are my two favorite fruits to grow because they're so easy.
1: Easy and. Test-free for the most part and easy to eat. (laughs) And what do you need? They're good.
2: And pretty. I mean, you know, I've got them up and down my driveway. And 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 they have the pretty lily of the valley-like blooms in the spring. And then you've got the wonderful berries in the summer. And then you've got pretty red fall colors. I well, think that's worry, a, And you never get to do anything to them.
1: At least three good reasons right there to have a blueberry. And for 20% off, and have these nicely well adapted rabbit eyed blueberries and southern high bush blueberries, that is a great thing to plant. This is a fine time to plant them. I think the biggest thing that I would advise our listeners Mickey when you buy your blueberries is get some peat moss and make the soil such that it is a little acidic that is exactly what a blueberry yeah, likes. You
2: can use the, you can use peat moss and it works great or you can use the azalea camellia food. That yeah. does good, too, and it's yep. got a lot of peat moss in it, and it does not have any lime in it, so it's very, um, you know, it is acidic, so that could use either one.
1: We're trying to give a blueberry sort of a woodland-type environment in that's which to fine. grow. That's what makes that's them fine. the happiest.
2: And, Walter, got, you've got a great thing on your website. I saw it not long ago. I guess it's still on there on how to plant a blueberry. It's a, like, it's a video, and that was a good one.
1: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, Mickey, I know, too, that you're having a shade gardening class next weekend. I want to promote that because uh, whether it's blueberries don't do all that well in shade, there's so many plants that Pike has that do do well in shade, and the class is coming up. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. You know The longer people are in their houses, it's like the more shade they have. And so we have a lot of people saying, well, my plants aren't doing well anymore. And now they are when they use the shade plants. Exactly.
1: And shade plants, the ones with uh, maybe not so many flowers that have variegated foliage, uh, give you a lot of bang for the buck growing in the shade without flowers. Look at
2: the hellebores right now. They are gorgeous.
1: And I looked at the hellebores at... Pike uh, when I went to Toco and then I went up to the one in Cumming last week. And the uh-huh. Hellebores were lovely, lovely oh, They're plants.
2: beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful.
1: So if uh, our listeners out there want to get a blueberry for a bargain, 20% off. All you have to do is go to the cashier at the Pike store and say, hey, this is the Pike pick of the weekend and buy you some blueberries. It would be nice to buy two because generally the rabbit eyes do best if they have a pollinator around. So get two varieties of blueberry. Two
2: different varieties of the rapid are two different varieties of the high
1: bush. and then uh go or three with three is better a three or five is even better than yeah, that yeah like
2: absolutely 20 or 30
1: <laughs> buy them out <laughs> so uh go and, and buy your blueberries plant them this weekend get some shade loving hellebores and other plants there at pike nursery it is a gorgeous place to go and they are yeah. filling up soon with all the spring and summer annuals oh, And there'll be yeah. another gorgeous it's place to go
2: be- gorgeous and be sure if you have any questions about the pollination or anything on those just ask one of the green shirts and pikes and they'll be glad to explain to you which ones you need to pollinate and the other ones it'll be great
1: they're the smart people at pike the green shirt folks the smart folks at pike so That's mickey if we wanted it. to if we wanted to find where the nearest pike location would be where would we look
2: at pike nursery.com.
1: At PikeNursery.com, Mickey, it's great talking to you. Tell them hello at the Native Plant Society Symposium.
2: I will. I'll see you soon.
1: We'll see you soon, Mickey. Guys away. Twenty uh, percent off all blueberry varieties at Pike Nurseries all over the Metro Atlanta area. Mo is in Snellville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mo. Good morning. Good
0: morning, Walter. Uh, I planted a new bed of dwarf mondo uh, and also had laid. Uh, Uh, flagstone slates as a walkway and I've got a real problem with uh, moss in the dwarf mondo. This bed was planted about a year and a half ago and so I'm asking how to remedy the problem and get rid of the the moss. Hmm.
1: How much shade is it in, Mo? Uh,
0: It gets, oh, about a third hold on
1: Uh, About a third of a day of sunlight, third to like maybe Uh a half. Uh huh. You've got a situation. I'm always now thinking of the environment in which a plant or weed is growing, and thinking how could I change the environment so that plant or weed would either go away or thrive. And the thing is, is mondo grass and moss both like the same environment, and so I am not really readily able to think of anything environmentally that you could do to get rid of the moss. The only thing that would come to mind maybe is using one of the moss granules. There's a moss out that Lily Miller makes, you buy it at Pike, and you spread it over an area. It has uh, ferrous sulfate, and moss is not particularly like iron applied to it. And so the ferrous sulfate will generally control moss for a while, it's not a permanent solution. But maybe if you get the moss out, then the Mondo can fill in, and that's the way to get the whole situation fixed.
0: Okay, what's the brand name for this Lily product? Miller
1: Lily Miller Moss Out. Moss Out. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll give it a shot. Give it a shot. Let me know in about six months to see what happens.
0: Alright, thank you so much.
1: You bet, Mo. Thanks for calling. Carol is in Grayson, Georgia, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Carol. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fabulous. How can I help?
0: I got an a amaryllis plant for Christmas. And all the blooms have bloomed, and I have one remaining, and I want to know how I care for the amaryllis for the rest of the year.
1: All right. This is easy. This is easy. Um, When your final bloom has finished, they'll have that nice big thick stalk, you know, in the middle of the plant. And when the final bloom is finished and you're not enjoying it anymore, then cut off that bloom stalk right down at the base. pair of scissors will... Knife oh. in the kitchen, just cut the stalk off. We don't need it anymore. Next thing, those leaves, those big wide green leaves on your amaryllis, we're going to keep those on the plant indoors for, at least for until April when it gets warm outside. But in mm-hmm. April, around the third week in April or so, I want you to take the amaryllis out of the pot in which it's growing now because my imagination is it's a pretty small pot, little four inch, five inch maybe pot. Is that right? Correct. Correct. All right, we're going to take it out of there and repot it into a 10-inch pot is about right, 10 to 12-inch pot. The amaryllis bulb will look exactly like it's planted now. The neck of the bulb needs to be up above the ground by an inch or so. Leaves keep on it. Put it in this new pot give it some Miracle-Gro to fertilize it, and then fertilize once more mid-summer, I guess, with the Miracle-Gro, and put it in a place outside that you can actually gradually move it if you want to, from the uh, semi-shade as you move it in April out to almost full sun in the middle of the summertime. As long as you keep it watered, it'll be happy, and the leaves will get big and green, and they'll look pretty as all get out. And then in September... Around the first week in September, this is what to do, Carol. Go to that pot and just you're now going to be mean, mean, mean because you've cut all the leaves off of the bulb. You turn the pot on its side. You have no water going in the pot anymore for the next month and a half or so. So September, October, A little bit of November and around Thanksgiving or a little week before Thanksgiving, that's when you become the goddess of the amaryllis and you turn the pot back upright. It's indoors by this time because it's cold outside. And so you turn the pot back upright, give it some warm water, put it in a warm window, little bitty bit of miracle Grow on it. And all of a sudden come, oh, weekend in December and the leaves sprout out of it because it thinks spring Three is here and it sprouts and then the bloom comes up in christmas time you can brag to your neighbors about all those flowers you have
0: <laughs> okay
1: but it's easy right. to do it, i give you one other choice carol if you want it and that's this same thing about cutting the flower stock off same thing about leaving the leaves on until april but if you want to plant it outdoors in a sunny bed and let the uh amaryllis grow outside without any of this you know, turning it over and cutting the leaves and all that. That's
0: what it'll I be- wanted to
1: do. All right, it'll bloom normally in years to come in May. Not this year in May, but in years to come, mm-hmm. it'll bloom in May. Okay. All right. Well,
0: thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Nothing to it. Thanks for calling. Thank you. I want to talk to Kelly in just a minute, but first, I want to talk to Gabriella, who's in Atlanta, has a question about her contorted filbert plant. Gabriella, good morning. Good morning. Hi. How can I help?
2: Well, I have a um,
0: um, contorted filbert,
1: You got it, yep.
0: And um, I bought it at a local nursery, and ever since I planted it, I had Mm -hmm. these sprouts come up that have the same leaves, but the stems are straight. Right. And right now, they are two and a half times as high as the other (laughs) bush. So... Um, I, I kept on trimming it down, but it comes back, and yeah, it's just yeah. hard to keep up with. Would and I be able to dig it up and like take the roots apart? Or
1: no? Let me just cut I to the chase for you, Gabriella, and tell you right now what to do. You're already doing the right thing, except you do need to do it more often. The contorted filbert is a grafted plant. The contorted part that's above that you love so much is grafted onto a filbert that has straight limbs and straight trunks. The only thing you can do is every couple of months, don't be obsessive about it, but every couple of months, go out to your contorted filbert and cut off those straight stems right where they originate at the ground level. Pull mm-hmm. them out of the plant. Enjoy the contorted part until two months later you'll see the straight ones are coming up again. Go down to the base, cut them out again. That's all you do. It's no big deal.
2: Okay. All right. Thank you.
1: Alright, nothing to it. Good luck with it. It's a pretty, pretty plant. Contorted filbert. Harry Louder's walking stick is another name for that. And if somebody will ask me that some other Saturday, I'll tell you why it's called Harry Louder's walking stick. We'll be back after this. <music> This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News and News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red
0: alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to
1: work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. A beautiful day this afternoon. Highs in the upper 50s, 60s. Come on, it's going to go to the 60s this afternoon. Highs tonight, or lows tonight, I should say. It'll be down around 55 degrees. A little bit of rain coming in Sunday evening, continuing on Monday. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're broadcasting live from the North Atlanta Home Show at the Infinite Energy Center on Sugarloaf Parkway. Dave Baker, the Home Fix-It Show, is starting at at 9 o'clock this morning, so stay tuned for that. And we have Kelly, who joins us as our last caller of the morning. Hey, Kelly, good morning.
0: Good morning, Walter. I have uh, some about four year old uh, muscadine scuppernong vines that I yeah. survived the transplant last year, and I want to prune them properly so that they will thrive and uh, give me copious amounts of uh, right.
1: fruit. You're a smart man, Kelly, to know that pruning is very important for muscadines because the pruning simulates more leaves, and the more leaves you have, the more fruit you have, and if you just leave them alone, they become this mass and tangle and miserable lump and you don't get many grapes off of them. So I'm not going to give you the full explanation because I'm going to refer you to my website. Just type in scuppernong or muscadine and you'll see the page on how to prune them correctly. But bottom line, you prune back to about two inches. Every one of those long switches that you have on your grapevine that's about six feet long and snaking along the ground and tangled up in everybody next to it, Every one of those gets trimmed back to its base, leaving only a two or three or four maybe inch long stub. And those new buds that are down there close to the main vine, they're the ones that sprout out. New leaves everywhere, and under the new leaves come new grapes. I see. That sounds great. Now, I have a segue. Wait, 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 wait. No, I can't, I can't segue anything in, Kelly, because we're hard a hard out to get out of here. Nope. Tell you what, go to my website on WalterReeves.com and type muscadine there to give you all the details on pruning them. It's been a great Saturday morning here. Lorenzo Kemp, the hardest working man in show business, is here taking care of our on-site engineering needs. Eric and Catherine, we appreciate your work as well. Ashley Frasca screens calls back in the studio. Scott Maxim chooses our music, keeps us on the air, and makes sure everything runs smoothly there. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves. If you didn't get your question answered, go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and we'll see you right here next Saturday morning.